Hi and hello, watch fans, and welcome to another edition of The Real-Time Show. With me, your friendly neighborhood jeweler, Aloma Joseph, I'm honored to welcome the owner and CEO of Chrono Swiss, Oliver Epstein. Good morning, Oliver. Good morning, Alan. The honor is also on my side. What a pleasure to finally talk to you. It is uh, truly our honor. Unfortunately, our friendly neighborhood watchmaker, Rob Nuds, got stuck in Manchester and couldn't join. So the joy is all mine. I'm kind of happy that he can't steal my thunder because I have a lot of questions for you, Oliver. You are a positive mystery in watchmaking land because for our dear listeners that don't know the brand Chrono Swiss, whom celebrated their 40th anniversary this year. So congratulations, Oliver and all of Team Chrono Swiss. Thank you. It's an amazing brand that started in 1983 by the legendary, unfortunately late Mr. Lang, who in amidst the quartz crisis started in Germany a brand with repurposed amazing watch calibers in this iconic case with a big onion crown and beautiful turned bezels, which I fell head over heels in love with as a kid and had the honor to meet Mr. Lang when I was around 13, 14. So it must have been 93 in Basel with my dad and always loved the brand. So I'm warning all our dear listeners, I am not objective. Now, fast forward to 2012. Oliver, pardon my French, but how the hell did you manage to buy Chrono Swiss in 2012 and been running it in an actually very interesting and amazing journey the last 11 years. Well, first of all, thank you for putting the whole story so nicely in a, in a nutshell. I think I never heard somebody <laughs> putting the whole last 40 years together in such a short uh, sentence. Well, we I met with Mr. Lang in 2012 by coincidence, more or less. Um, like you, I've been traveling at Basel uh, exhibitions back and forth with my father since I was a little boy. And so he went for the jewelry side, I went for the watch side, and I always collected catalogs. And since then, I, I was a big fan of Chrono Swiss and uh, many other watches. And uh, we have been small watch collectioners at home. So uh, our dinner table discussions was around watches and, of course, uh, Mr. Lang and Chrono Swiss uh, and the Quartz Crisis was uh, all known to us. So it was an honor to meet with Mr. Lang 2011. Uh, I think it was October, November. And uh, it was more like a talk about watches and to, to get to know each other. And then I found out that uh, he's actually looking for succession planning. His daughter, Natalie, uh, who was a master watchmaker and uh, was working within the company for many years, I didn't want to take over in the very last moment. Uh, too much, she was too much occupied with the family and, uh, and many other things going on that she said, I, too much of a risk. I don't want to do it. And uh, I think this also break, broke Mr. Lang's heart. Um, and then for many years, he was looking for succession planning. After many hours of talks um, at the, the Munich time, uh, he finally said, Listen, uh, you seem very interested in watches and uh, do you want to sell a bite? That's how everything started. To pause on that, you said you visited with your father, Basel World. What is the background, your personal background and the Epstein family background? When my father was uh, doing import-export business in uh, jewelry and fashion jewelry and was also designing uh, jewelry. So that's a bit the background of my father's business. And so since, uh, since very young years, uh, Basel World has always been a part of the, of the yearly walk together and uh, I always loved watches since uh, very early years. Uh, my grandfather loved watches, so it has been within the family. So it's a natural fit and I believe today it is truly a family owned and run company because I believe your wonderful wife is also active in the company. She's my sparing partner, absolutely. <laughs> And uh, we have taken it over together and uh, we're running it together. And yeah, it's a family business. We're about 30 people here all together. And uh, I think we started when I looked at, at your CV, we started at a similar time, huh? 2012, you took over your family business. 
That's correct. Officially, my brother and I had the honor to buy the shares of Asian Jewelers uh, back in 2012. We've been active since 98, but you're definitely right. So thank you for that. To And I have a zillion questions for you because you guys have been amazing, done amazing things. I want to talk to you about cryptocurrencies, metaverse, certified pre-owned. Um, but before I do so in my excitement, let's go down the journey chronologically. So 2012, you came to a deal with Herlang. And what did you find there? And what were the obstacles or the difficulties? And what opportunities did you see? Because 2012 wasn't very much easy in the watch business. Up to running up to 2018, it became actually very difficult. So you have actually overcome great difficulties, in my humble opinion. Yes, <laughs> the first couple of years was uh, like a jump in the cold water. To be honest, um, there's a lot of emotion about watches. I knew the brand from the very beginning, so uh, I was in love because I, I was like the, the crown that you mentioned. I liked the the red line in terms of design that went from the very beginning to today. So um, I, I was never working in watch business. I was working pharmaceuticals beforehand. Um, and if you start with the company or you take over a company, it, it's not like uh, if you have worked in the industry for many years and you just take over a team or you ask your team to join. So it was learning by doing. And as you said, the time was not this easy. Uh, the company was also not doing so well at the beginning. We knew that, uh, but then actually jumping into the company was then a, a different world once more. There was a lot of issues in the supply chain, etc. that uh, you don't have the, the friends in the industry, so you first have to make friends. And the industry is very small. And there's a lot of competition. So I uh, was working through supply chain, was working through the team, and... Um, when we took over, we had 150 uh, SKUs, and uh, I think every second SKU had a, had a different case and a different dial. So it was also about um, reorganizing the SKUs, reorganizing the supply chain, um, getting an understanding of a proper calculation. And then, of course, uh, it was also the time when the internet came and when marketing changed from paper marketing into uh, digital marketing, etc., and me not being a marketing person, it was uh, it was a new challenge. And uh, I learned a lot, I can tell you. So we could might say even that the lack of initial knowledge could be a strength because that gave you an open view of things. So you came in. You had this mix of references, a new team to build. What is the first thing that you did? Did you go to your retailers? Did you start with products? Did you have a clear-cut vision? Where did you want to take the brand and the collection? Yes, I think I had a, I had an idea where we want to take it. We want to, we wanted to, to. I, I mentioned this red line, so it was important to me to not go off this red line to slightly evolutionize the whole uh, watch, the whole collection, but to keep with the with the, with where we're coming from. Of course, before taking over, you you were doing the due diligence and you went around the world to meet with all the retailers and then also with all the suppliers. But you know, a due diligence within a couple of months, uh, you don't meet the people as you meet them after a while. So it was all very artificial in the beginning to get an idea. But as you say, that's where you start. You start getting to know your partners first. You moved, I believe, the company also to Lucerne. I believe you early on, you started developing your own caliber. If I'm not mistaken, Chrono Swiss, when you took over, did not have a proprietary caliber in their collection, did they? We had an exclusive uh, movement um, that was only... Uh, Produced uh, within Chrono Swiss and used for our watches, which was the Emmy car. I'm sure you remember that. Uh, but it's uh, it's on a proprietary movement. That's correct. And we only started now this year for the 40th anniversary to have our own manufacture movement. Congratulations! That's amazing and quite a feat. So that that's wonderful. Going fast forward, maybe to today, 
Could you please tell those listeners, our dear listeners, that are not so familiar with the brand? And for those that haven't seen the website yet, please go to chronoswiss.com, C-H-R-O-N-O-S-W-I-S-S.com. Please walk us through the brand identity. So if you need to verbally describe what a Chrono Swiss watch is, because you can recognize any Chrono Swiss from afar, five meters afar, you recognize a Chrono Swiss. So a very strong DNA language, design language as well. But please walk us through the current collection, dear Oliver. When you look at the collection today, I think uh, it's pretty much where we left off with the crown, with the straight locks, with the knurled bezel. That's uh, the design elements we keep on having. They're elementary. Uh, you ask about pricing. I think bread and butter is somewhere between eight to 13,000. Um, we added the last couple of years uh, very much the guilloche and the enameling a concept, handicrafts, um, some of them some thousand years old, which I personally love to integrate into the watches. If you look at the Chrono Swiss watch today, it's uh, it's a mix of old handicrafts combined with new technology, new materials, uh, new ways of, of uh, approaching a theme. So that's what we call modern mechanical, the old world combined with the new world. We've been talking now almost 15 minutes and it underlines what I thought you are, a distinct gentleman, modest and straight to the point and no BS, which I love. And <laughs> I also loved you as a leader of a lovely brand is because we have a mutual friend, Patrick Hoffman, who I believe is on your board, great ambassador of Corner Swiss. So um, I always say, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. So, but I need more from you, Oliver. We need to go deeper. So I want to walk you through the collection. So let's start with entry-level heritage. It's most classic, starts with a three-hand watch date what does a steel version cost today please between seven to nine thousand um the steel version titanium goes up to ten thousand these are the very classic models we have uh, some dating back uh, 20 years not much uh, has been done at these models maybe some shortening of the lugs but uh, if you put them next to the old models uh, it's almost the same so uh, this is the opus this is the luna we're having we now came up with some uh, additional colors. Uh, not going too, uh, not uh, going too crazy, but we have a blue and uh, also material-wise, we, we're doing now a lot of, in titanium. For our dear listeners, originally, Corus was didn't really have a proprietary or own caliber. They had one that was for them. You guys elaborate on them. I assume that in these heritage lines, you guys buy high-grade calibers. I know you have your own manufacture your own watchmakers you do the upgrading and assembling i assume for these correct so many of the old models uh, we were working with uh, with a movement called any car uh, we took the base movement and then uh, in-house we just redesigned everything uh, the finishing has been done differently so yes we upgraded them and they're exclusive to chrono swiss and uh, also in the past and up to today we also work uh, with uh, ETA movements, uh, top versions that we buy, that we use as the base movement uh, because they were just very reliable. Uh, we do the finishing differently. We take them apart. So most of them uh, are, yeah, have been taken completely apart, put together again. And then the, the complication on top, the complication uh, is, is normally done in-house. So uh, when you see now all the new models, the dial module that is part of the movement uh, these are uh, designed and constructed in house because if i scroll through your website you'll see from bottom to top you'll start with the heritage line i, I you see a distinct switch in style with the flying regulator manufacturer which i always love the old regulator and the jumping hour you'll see a switch in the ch 1245 1242 and then you created a very interesting modern 
design code because the Sirius is the old vibes you had from Chrono Swiss with the 7, 750, 7, 751 with a moon phase, the skeletonized chronographs with are amazing. And then jumping over the classic collection, I want to zoom in on what you've been doing the last 11 years, please. So walk us through the calibers. Why did you start with the Metier de Art of enameling, for example, amazing also engravings on the dials? And what do you do in-house of all these Metier de Art, please? Alan, a lot of questions. So I start with the first one. Uh, why enameling and engraving and uh, the gear shape? Since uh, at a very young age, I was always a fan of handicrafts. And when I took over in 2011, 2012, uh, one of the first uh, machines I bought and the project I started was uh, Gyoshi. At that time, we, we started with zero because we didn't have any much know-how. Uh, but over the last 10 years, we we increased the know-how and uh, this it is today a part of uh, most of our models, uh, combined with the enameling, which we also created back then. And uh, it's for me just something beautiful to build up on old handicrafts and also try to preserve these handicrafts, which today are very rare. You remember the quartz crisis, all these uh, professions, they do not exist today anymore. So you have to build up your own know-how and uh, recruit uh, young people uh, to learn this. Um, I think this combination then with these new uh, designs and new materials, uh, that's where we are today. And that's what we call modern mechanical, as I mentioned before. Uh, this pretty much describes uh, what Chrono Swiss is all about. You had some more questions. So let me, what was the other one? The other one was uh, what do we do in-house. I always say you need to do what you're good at and uh, let the others do what they are good at. And so it's a combination. I think we, we assemble and we create watches. We produce watches as, as people uh, or other famous companies did the last 200 years. Uh, we come up with the design, uh, be it technical, uh, be it the, the design of the dial. Um, same for the, for the movement. Now with the new movement, uh, the, we come up with a design and then we try to find the people who best can help us. So, uh, for example, the new Movement is done uh, with a company called La Juppere, which is uh, very well known for, for movements, uh, movement making, and they helped us on actually bring our design to life. Uh, in terms of dial making, uh, we try to have everything in-house. So that's something which we think we have uh, key capacity and know-how. So the Gyoshi is done on uh, Gyoshi machines. Some are dating back 100, 120 years ago. Um, we do the enameling all in-house. Um, this is also a bit our uh, secret know-how. I think certain things you don't want to give out, right? And also in terms of quality and uh, reassuring that you have the right quality, uh, this is very difficult to 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 give to third, uh, third partners. So this is completely done in-house. Every watch you see today that is gyoshed or enameled is done here in-house in our ateliers. Then the old assembly is done here. Um, that's, I think, uh, what can be said to, to, uh, to construction in a nutshell. And then you took it almost to a space age style of watchmaking, which my favorite was the space timer, Jupiter. But when I look on the website, I see loads of stickers sold out. The newest one is the Solaris which blew my mind. Walk us through the concept of developing that watch and the difficulties in making it. Uh, at every project, uh, there's a, a dream or an idea. <laughs> Before you start, you first have to get the, the team together. So was it the case with uh, with the Jupiter? Um, we had something in mind. I mean, everybody's doing... A, uh, watches about moon faces, etc. We said we have to go one step farther. So why don't we call the whole series Space Timer? Because there's more out there than the moon and the sun. Um, and we came up with Jupiter because Jupiter is just a beautiful planet. And when you look at it, uh, there's much to tell. 
and we like the surface of Jupiter. So this golden surface with these uh, hilly sides up and down, and um, we just said we have to take the picture of Jupiter and put it onto a watch. Uh, this was easier said than done because uh, if you want the structure there and you want it as in the picture, uh, we had to come up with a lot of new ideas. And uh, when you read about it, the, the dial is, is a laser-cut dial to create the surface of the Jupiter one-to-one. So you took the picture, we scanned it, and then we had it lasered. And in order to create the right color, we had a three-dimensional printer that we used uh, in order not to, to make the valleys and the hills flat. We had the three-dimensional printer which applied the right colors at the right places. So it was something that has never been done before. And with our partners in the industry, we, we, uh, we just created uh, this watch, this dial, and it has been an idea, a dream. And then finally, you, you find the right persons and you work and work on it until you get it to, to the status you want it. So something completely new, also the material of the ITR2, when you look at the uh, mini ring or the, the, the date ring, uh, everything is uh, screwed together something you cannot do with uh, crystal glass because it would break. So we had to find a new material in order to have these little rings um, hovering over the Jupiter surface. I've seen it in the flesh and it's, it's lovely. It has also depth and almost 3D effects to it. But still my favorite of the modern Cornelius collection is the Delphis. And I love the Paraiba, but I see it sold out. There's the Venture now. I feel you literally married the old with the new Chrono Swiss there. Do I summarize that correctly? That's always the idea. Take something from the past, because I mean, all the watches that were done in the past are beautiful in, in, uh, in their own means. And uh, I think there's nothing better uh, if you achieve uh, to, to, yeah, to marry the past and, and, and put some future into it. So the idea of the Delphis was it was quite a famous watch some 20 years back. Um, the Mechanism, which was the first watch that had a jumping hour, a retro rate uh, minute and a turning second. So the idea was for the 40th anniversary to have exactly the same mechanism, but to kind of bring it into our new generation. And uh, knowing that we are specialized in Yoshi and enameling, uh, the marriage was uh, to bring these handicrafts into this mechanism. And uh, it was for the first time also that we said it's not just uh, Yoshi and enameling, it needs to be on a curved plate. This was the idea and the brief before we started with the project. And uh, what you see now, that's, that's the outcome. And we're very proud in particular also on, on my team because it was a long project. We started uh, some two years ago and also make it impossible. Uh, there were times in between where we said, uh, maybe we have to stop. <laughs> Just the curved enamel and guilloche is something that was quite difficult to achieve. Something I loved was the collab you did with Grail Watch with our mutual friend Waiko, fully blued watch. When I look at the overview of the full collection, I see now more versions with the blue, which I guess only the Bethune and you guys dominate. How is that working for you guys? How is it received? It's very well received because I think if you do something that's uh, different, you will find people that want to wear something that is different. Me, myself, I always say luxury is if you have something that not everybody has. That's also why we do most of the watches in limited series, why we do things differently and why sometimes watches timepieces also look differently and the blue uh, this came out of my mind some 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 times back when you started seeing all these crazy cars driving around with matte uh lacquered uh, polishes and uh, blue and pink etc and i think the last couple of years just more color came in and uh, and we had this uh, one supplier Powers who worked in the Metac technology and, and he had a PVD coating which was blue and we said that that's what we have to have on our uh, cases. That's how it came all about. Uh, an idea and then you try to find somebody who helps you in doing it. On topic of that, what is today 
the best seller or top three models? So if somebody's new to Chronoswiss, what would you recommend them or steer them towards to? This year definitely was the Delphi's. It's a 40th anniversary. Uh, people like the idea of these marriages, as you say, of the different handicrafts and also a handicraft that was not uh, that has not been done before, this curved uh, dial, Gioche enameling. Then, of course, uh, the Opus is one watch that is in the collection for almost uh, 20, 25 years, uh, which still is, a, is an evergreen, let's say. Um, and then there's the classic regulator manufacturer that you also see on the, on the homepage, which is probably... These three pieces are probably the very base um, of the Chrono Swiss history. And for those that maybe don't like the big crown, the narrow bezel, and maybe the screws on the lugs, but they love the inside, is your advice them hold out? Because there's a new case design coming. And I am fishing here because on the real-time <laughs> show, we like scoops. I don't know anything. I'm not giving you an uh, open goal, but I'm literally on a fishing expedition. <laughs> uh, first of all, we are, we are um, I mean, these are our design elements, which we're not going to, to change a lot. And uh, I always say, not we don't do watches that uh, everybody likes. Huh? It's... Uh, and we're not looking for, for people that uh, want to love our watches. It's either you like them or you don't. So I have the luxury that I don't, I'm not the CEO of a big company who needs to produce watches for every single country, every single taste, etc. So we do what we think is, is nice and we also only have limited capacity. If you want to go for the fishing trip, <laughs> there's always something in the pipeline. Uh, there might be a bit of a new case design coming up, but um, still with the existing elements that makes a Chrono Swiss. The crown, the knurled bezel. Uh, but of course, you have to reinvent yourself to some extent, I'm always saying, but you don't need to come up with a completely new product because this is uh, this will go sour. That's the wrong, the wrong way for us. And if you need to paint us a picture of the coming five to 10 years, where will Kronos Swiss in your dreams be? Say numbers, uh, collections, complications. You can take it anywhere you like if you daydream. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> well, I think when today at the, at the point where I'm quite happy producing something rather unique in a, in a price level that is accessible to a lot of people. We have a a lot of new customers, young customers, uh, which I'm quite proud of because this has not been the case in the past. Um, I think if we can grow as we're growing right now into the next five years, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy. Uh, we're not going to be a huge company ever because I think uh, to produce something more exclusive, you need to stay in your grounds. Um, I daydream that all the pipelines that we have filled, uh, we can manage to get these uh, models on the ground. That's uh, sometimes more difficult than it looks on paper. Uh, yeah, I'm. To be honest, I'm I'm happy where we are. And yes, of course, you want to grow because there's still some more grounds to make. But uh, I'm not looking at uh, producing ever ten thousand watches because then. Uh, I would be not the brand we are today. Does this make sense? Yeah. Everything you say <laughs> makes sense because it, it is a difficult question and I put you on the spot because we don't exercise these uh, recordings and I didn't send you any questions and I'm, and I'm quite very strongly freestyling right here. And what I want to ask you, which is interesting, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but it is a critical question. It's funny that you said, and this is something we, as watch nerds suffer from, you said this is accessible for a lot of people. Ironically, it isn't. But how do I translate your comment? It's very accessible if you put Chronoswiss in the hotologerie sphere. So, I mean, your price point isn't accessible, right? Because if we talk about accessible, maybe Tissot, Longines, Frédéric Constar are 
they consider themselves accessible luxury, but everything below thousand euros is maybe accessible. But I think what you did is basically you said it in a total different context and maybe didn't mean it. But when I talk about Chrono Swiss, I say you have to put them in a daylight of hotelogerie and a lot of metier de arts, and then you get a lot of value for money. Is it low in price? No. Is it a lot of money? Maybe. Is it expensive? No, because we didn't talk about your tourbillon, which is at the top of your list when you click on watches. If I remember correctly, I didn't find that too much money because it, they retail 40, 50, 60, in whatever currency with or without VAT, but it's way below 100, I remember. Yeah, it's, it's about uh, 45,000, roughly. Exactly. And although tourbillons are being democratized right now, putting it eloquently, um, it isn't maybe 100% manufactured, but it is a very unique tourbillon. I've, I've ha hand, ha handled the sunset and the Parabia, which it took me quite some time to let it go because there's a lot of depth and not only movement because of the tourbillon, but because of the engraving and, and the finishing and the color combinations that that actually mesmerized me. Now, so I wanted to put that in a different context because as collectors, when you pass a threshold of spending money, you think that some things are accessible. So I wanted to, to put that in a daylight. Um, so it's critical with a wink. But but you're right. I'm I'm sorry. This is uh, you put it the right way. I think it's accessible if you if you look at it from a different corner. You're right. Because I, I have a twofold question following up my own essay of talking too much, is, and I'm I'm asking a rhetorical question. I guess the Chrono Swiss 2.0, which is the last eleven years under your helm, I guess it's people that already did the journey through the 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 the, the, the Rolexes and maybe Pateks and maybe Jejal Cultus and want something different but want the metier de arts. I guess you attract those customers. So that's a rhetorical question, which you could say yes or no or correct me. And the follow-up question is, what are your biggest markets? We have new customers a lot because now in today's world with uh, the window being the homepage and the Instagram and all this, uh, we have people who are completely new to Chrono Suisse, to, to the Metier d'Art. Uh, so I, I would say it's maybe 40% new people, 60% existing people who also know Jäger, Le Cult, etc. So it's a mix of both. And I'm very happy about that. That's very interesting, actually, because... That's a compliment to you. I, I believe you guys don't do the celebrity marketing, which I'm not a huge fan of. The, the money is missing for that. You know what? I am getting a vibe that that is not in your strategy to do this uh, old school uh, celebrity uh, marketing. So it's actually very interesting because you do something right okay. in the marketing to attract new consumers. Because in nowadays, it's an avalanche of information. Yes, and I, and I think, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, as a family company, we try to be authentic. So if, if, you, if you pay for celebrity marketing and then in two years it's somebody else, etc., we have, we call it friends of the brands. And, and these are people who really like what we're doing. And these are the ones we have as, as our marketers uh, to, to speak the word. So it, it's, it's rather going for the long term and having the right partners. Um, yes. And my follow-up question was to you. Well, some brands, they, they are world famous in a country and in the neighboring country, maybe it's 80% less. What are the key markets for Chrono Swiss or what, what kind of demographic? Well, our, our home turf is, is still uh, the Dach region, Germany, Austria, Switzerland. So here we're doing quite well because we, we've been founded here. And this has been our key markets. Uh, but then um, uh, the US is an important market. Uh, Middle East, and uh, Asia is uh, doing uh, now after COVID quite well again. But I would say major, Dach, so the German, and, and the USA, and Middle East uh, following. I mean, it's also the markets, uh, Europe, 
uh, USA and and uh, Middle East, where you have a lot of uh, watch aficionados, people who it's not their first watch they're buying. So these are the markets we need. If we go into new markets where you have to explain what handicrafts are all about, it's it's difficult and it's also difficult to 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 bring this message across. Super cool. And on that topic. Uh, your biggest ambassador in the Netherlands is my dear friend, a longtime friend. We're friends for almost uh, maybe 30 years. Lex Stolk, very good watch journalist, and today Team Fratello, which is a friend of the show. He still rocks today a vintage re- rally master. I don't know if you remember those <laughs> the, the, the full luminous dials, which I believe Lung was one of the first to do it, actually. Yeah, yeah. So... If you're thinking of bringing it back, I would honor Lex and do a collab with him or Fratello. So that's in a quick intermezzo that I'm thinking. So whenever I see him and he still wears the watch, I always pull it off his wrist and I wear it. So I get my dose of Chrono Swiss. We have a pipeline for the next two and a half years. We were just discussing today. Um, But I cannot tell you what's happening in the third or fourth year. Okay. But maybe a good idea. Okay. So hereby, (laughs) a free tip from me. Now, using this segue to old models... You were one of the, not first, but early adopters to start working with certified pre-owned on a brand level. Walk us through that. When did you start? Why did you start? And how is it working for you guys? We have a lot of uh, interested people who look for for somebody they trust and they get the watch that is controlled and uh, quality-wise in a good shape. So I think when when the manufacturing company is doing this, it's uh, it's different than if you go onto the uh, gray market or, or just find it someplace. So I think this uh, this has been the original idea be, behind everything. We had a lot of people coming in saying, "Would you trade this? Can we have this?" And that's how how it all started out. Uh, nowadays, uh, many do it, and I think it's uh, it, it's a good thing having this. Uh, you also and trust the loyal customer to come back and uh, and and uh, and and work it through. Yes. While I'm listening to you, I almost fell off my chair while scrolling at your CPO while listening to you and daydreaming. I see the Digiteur Platinum for only nine nineteen thousand euros, well eighteen nine hundred. So while recording this, dear listeners, if you want something funky, something cool. A form-shaped caliber. Scroll quickly to chronoswiss.com because that's a crazy timepiece and amazing to be there. So you guys buy the watches in the market, revision them, upgrade them to new level, and sell them on your own website, correct? Correct. Uh, although a big part is also a trade-in. Cool. So you're actually happy when people reach out to you to trade in their watches? Yeah, they, they might have seen a new model or whatever. And yeah. I think uh, it also gives us the possibility to to exchange on a on a, a company to to a private client uh, basis, which is very helpful. Gives us a feel of of what is demanded, uh, of of what's needed. Yeah, amazing. And and I didn't even ask because I'm a huge proponent and uh, innovator on e-commerce. I see that technically every every model is for sale on the website, also on the new side of things. Correct. We we sell everything. And we do this since, uh, I think, since six, seven years, which I, I got a lot of uh, of uh, headwind uh, from some of our partners. But um, it took that a while for, for also our partners, um, talking to jewelers, etc., to understand that uh, if we open up the window and if we get into contact with the end consumers, it's only a help for everyone. So what we do today, we have a lot of customers, they get the first information from our site, and uh, and then we ask them, well, if you want to purchase, where do you want to go to? And then they make the decision. They say, well, we do it uh, here directly with you or we give them uh, uh, the nearest jeweler we work with uh, because uh, we need the jewelers um, to establish our brand, to, to, to have them as ambassadors. So we clearly have a two-pillar strategy. Uh, we do direct, but uh, we do extremely many watches with our retailers because that's where people see it for the first time in real. Going from there, I want to talk a bit about sustainability. How important is that for Chrono Swiss? And what touch points 
are now being worked on on the journey of sustainability for the brand? This starts that everything is uh, sourced in Switzerland or for some uh, for some Brasley, maybe nearby countries such as Germany. Um, I think this makes already a big part. I mean, we are the center of watchmaking, uh, so we don't reach out uh, uh, too far. Uh, then uh, I think nowadays you see, I'm not going so much for trend, but one trend that we see and which I think uh, in terms of sustainability is important, uh, we go less and less for crocodile straps. There's fantastic materials nowadays. They they look like crocodile straps, but they, it's leather, calf leather, nice stamping. There's a, a neoprene, uh, there's caoutchouc that we use. Uh, so in, in particular in terms of... Uh, Leather or crocodile straps, uh, we changed a lot the last uh, two years. Amazing, and I'm happy to hear. Are you considering to become a member of the RJC, so the Responsible Jewelry Council, for example? I know too little about this, but I'm sure at, at, the, at the moment in time, you will explain it to me. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, this, is some, this is something that actually uh, Rob and I have been thinking about for almost a year to, uh -huh. to do a uh, the real time show symposium and, 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 and actually do a shared knowledge on these kinds of topics. So to be continued, I, I want to dive into the vision of the industry with you. What's your stance on the fairs? So I mentioned my first encounter with Chrono Swiss was over three decades ago at Basel World. You went as a child with your dad to Basel World. I assume, and I'm quite confident, you have super fond memories. You closed the deal almost with Lang at a fair in Germany. Where is Chrono Swiss today present at fairs? And is it are fairs important to you, in your personal opinion? One thing is the memory. And the other thing is what is really needed. And uh, I must admit, just before COVID or during COVID, we said, well, I think everything can be done by, by Zoom calls or, or video calls. And uh, I was wrong. Uh, you need physical interaction. And uh, uh, being at the, at the Watches and Wonders uh, this year in Geneva, it was great to be back at the fair um, because there's so much exchange going on, so much know-how, the whole industry meets uh, one big fair a year is a must. It's a pity that uh, Basel is not existing anymore because in Basel, you also had the suppliers being part of the fair, which was, of course, uh, helpful. There was additional exchange. But uh, we were so happy to be part of the Geneva fair. And uh, yes, it, 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 it gave us new ideas. Uh, there's so much momentum during this type of fair that it's a must. In general, we do a lot of little fairs nowadays and uh, local ones. So for, for our size of company, we, we invest in one big fair and then we do small local fairs in the most important markets we're in. For the local listeners in the Netherlands, make sure to subscribe to the Red Bar Crew Amsterdam because these little fairs that Oliver is talking about, one of them is they're sponsoring one of the upcoming Red Bar crew meetups in Amsterdam. So go to redbarams.com. Sorry, Oliver, I had to use this no, uh, segue <laughs> to pitch this quickly. So um, I, can, I can speak from own experience because you guys reached out to us. So thank you for that. Um, for those that are not aware, I uh, am a, a humbled uh, founder of the Amsterdam chapter of Red Bar in the Netherlands. So I was very humbled that actually my uh, old friend Rocco of Team Chronoswiss reached out to me. So uh, I am not a retailer, so I'm truly objective when I say this. And when I speak about Chronoswiss, I'm speaking as a watch nerd and watch collector. And this is a uh, pure passion. Um, we don't have much time. I have a zillion questions for you. Um, what I... I'm dying to know from you, Oliver. What is your outlook on the luxury industry? So not so much Chrono Swiss itself. We spoke about fares. We touched upon sustainability. We touched upon briefly pre-owned. Um, oh, actually, I am very curious to talk to you about Web3, cryptocurrencies, 
NFTs, Metaverse, because I know you guys were one of the first to accept payments in cryptocurrency, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Well, I, I myself, I'm a bit a nerd with, with new technologies. For us also, it's always a good platform to try out something. I think uh, being the owner of the company, uh, we can try and come up with these kind of risks uh, more easily. We have accepted all type of cryptocurrencies some five years ago. Uh, it helped us to to make new acquaintances in terms of uh, friends and owners today. Um, the the metaverse you mentioned, uh, same thing. Um, I think the world is changing very rapidly and uh, it's good to be on this type of uh, new technologies at the very beginning. For us, it's a trial. It's finding out, getting feedback. Um, doesn't mean that uh, we, are, we are selling watches over the, the metaverse, maybe a couple, but uh, it gives us a new way of presenting and maybe presenting to an audience uh, which we didn't have so far. So it's, it's from the marketing side, an interesting venture. And of course, uh, the cryptocurrencies very much worked out for us because there were people in, the, in, in, in this world who said, well, if I want to buy a watch and I have so much crypto, I want to use my crypto for it. And we made it uh, accessible. Compliments. Can you, you know, I keep on fishing. I need some uh, inside scoops. So, so what's the next tech you're looking at? G give me a scoop, Oliver. Uh, nothing in the pipeline right now. <laughs> Tell me what, 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 what are you up to? Maybe you can give me a... Uh... Well, I am uh, actually more than a year active with Origin Foundation. So I am on the advisory board. And uh, I, I am, as a retailer, very eager to issue the certificate of authenticity with a, a microstructure traceability of NFT on the blockchain. Are your warranties on the blockchain already or are you looking at that? We made the Bitcoin watch, maybe you remember some five years ago. Yeah. And with every Bitcoin watch, um, we of course had a guarantee which was uh, saved. So we, we, we tried this uh, many years back. So if you still buy today a, a, a Bitcoin watch, maybe on a, on a secondary market, you will receive a, a card with it, which tells you who was producing it, when, etc. And you can also then uh, put in the new credentials, the new person, and so on. So we, we tried this out uh, some years ago. And uh, at that time, uh, I think was too early. I think it's a good time now. It's, it's ripe. People want to know where the watch comes from. Uh, they want to have a security certificate. Uh, so uh, very, very interesting. And uh, I think that's, that's something that uh, is coming strong. So you might move to Origin. To no, no, Origin, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not pitching them. They're ama I mean, I, I, I do try to be objective. There are amazing projects out there like the I believe the Aura. Mm -hmm. Are the beautiful projects out there? I think that the, the situation uh, here, which I see, is it would be great if some of them partner up and have one system. So, yeah, so open source. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All of them, I mean, we got pitched a lot. They're all beautiful with a lot of fantastic ideas, etc. But for the end consumer, there should be one system that, uh, that covers all. Because otherwise you have, I don't know, 10 different apps on it, on your, on your mobile, etc. And I think this is, uh, that's why we're waiting a little bit to see where it's all heading. I'm happy to hear. Great vision that I concur with. I know you're strapped for time because we encountered some technical problems while recording. <laughs> I hope our listeners won't notice, but I really appreciate your agility and flexibility and patience with us because the technical problems are at my end. I want to end this lovely conversation with A, the request for having you back on in the near future with Rob as well. I want to compliment you because I just landed by coincidence on maybe the most important page on your website, which I don't, any, don't know any big watch brand that does that, which is under the company tab, which is the page theme mm -hmm. with the whole team pictures on the website and most importantly those people that need to be 
accessible by phone, you did not only list their landline, you have their mobile and email on there. So kudos and compliments to you guys, because I believe only family companies can do this, but big companies should. I want to end it with one question. Are there Epstein juniors? And if so, do you think they'll take over at Chronoswiss? <laughs> First of all, thank you for, for mentioning the team. I think uh, there's a big, a big thank you to the team because uh, it, it's not me alone. We are small family company and everybody's involved in daily business um, and uh, even going to the designs uh, some ideas they spread from the watchmaker to the one working logistics etc so uh, thank you for mentioning this difficult question and something I, I, I think I was never pressured to do uh, whatever my, my parents thought was good for me I, I had my free will and I think I would like to keep it the same. But interestingly, my youngest daughter, uh, she was working for one week in our company. She is uh, 13 years old. And she loves to work with uh, polishing and stuff. Uh, she also had to work in logistics. And she often comes on Saturday mornings with me to the office because she likes sitting someplace and, and help me doing some some administrative work. Or as I said, some... some uh, Packing of watches, etc. So, who knows? Would be wonderful, but uh, no pressure on that side. So, if your children want a retail internship, they're always welcome in Amsterdam. I love to have youngsters around me and sharing the knowledge. So, hereby on the record, officially invited, okay. Oliver. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for this lovely and open conversation i've learned a lot of new stuff so this was a joy for me i hope our dear listeners enjoyed it as much as i did recording it and make sure to check out chrono swiss either on their website or one of their socials as you just learned you can find phone numbers and email addresses on their website stalk these people my favorite team member is rocco so definitely stalk him and say that Alon said to stalk him, feel free. If you like the real-time show, please join us on the TRTS network on our WhatsApp community. If you have any questions, feedback, complaints, compliments, you can find Rob via email on rob at therealtime.show or on Instagram, R-O-B-N-U-D-D-S. You can find me by email at alon at therealtimeshow or on Instagram, A-L-O-N-B-E-N-J-O-S-E-P-H. Thank you for listening, and keep on ticking.